Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, ladies. Hello, girlies. Hello, hello, hello. I have the sad lamp on. I might pop it on for the duration. Oh, my God. I need it on relax mode. That's better. How is the sad lamp going? It's actually so essential to my mental health now. It's kind of astonishing. I'll, like, get up in the morning and sit on therapy mode, which is, like, the really crazy one because it's so dark outside for, like, 15 minutes. And then throughout the day, I'll be on relax. Wow. Just relax. Relax mode. I know that's the yeah anyway so boring to talk about London weather but that is the sad thing that 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 it's just so dark all the time dark and depraved how is being back in the sunny the sunny sunshine you were here for a a a good time not a long time yeah it's nice being back in the sunshine but as Grace just got word (laughs) of off air I'm like a fucking just sad and depressed about everything that's going on in the world and I think it feels just like we did want to talk about this on the podcast for the past couple of weeks but we didn't want to be two things we didn't want to be super jarring and talk about something really intense and really sad and then go on to speak about like silly trivial things and then the other thing is that this is such an ongoing thing that all of these major news publications and huge like outlets are having to retract what they're saying and you know there's so much misinformation and so much kind of like everyone is so heightened that it felt like any word we said could be kind of just like misconstrued or taken the wrong way and I think because people have so many like personal ties to this it it felt like you know we're obviously not after work drinks obviously isn't going to be like the main source of news for it but at the same time it feels like kind of kind of crazy to ignore what's going on and I think something that's hard is that we didn't talk about about the terrorist attack in Israel when it happened um we both have very close people to us who are Jewish who really felt that there was this palpable noticeable silence when that happened and I know that really hurt a lot of people and continues to hurt for a lot of people. And I think 
the suffering and pain that people's friends and family and loved ones have experienced was horrendous and immense and the trauma and fallout of that is something that is ongoing and will last for a long time. What we as a culture are grappling with right now is simultaneously holding all those things to be true and criticizing a government, a political body and a military about their reaction to that very real human suffering. And I think that is where a lot of nuance and complexity comes into the way that we talk and think about this. Obviously, I completely condemn what Hamas did. Um, I think it's absolutely terrible. I feel immense sadness for every Israeli life lost um, and all of my Jewish friends who are dealing with the trauma of that and, and who are genuinely, yeah, really scared and having like a really hard time right now. I think that just needs to live there and that just is what it is. And I really hate right now this current climate of there just being no nuance and no kind of, I don't know, everything just feels so flattened. I think that's obviously a social media thing, but it's 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 frustrating. And I think we can also live with the truth of that this response by Israel goes beyond self-defense. I don't think there's any way you can call dropping 6,000 bombs in one week the same amount that the U.S. dropped on Afghanistan after 9-11 in a year. Like, uh, in one year, <laughs> that's how many bombs the U.S. dropped on Afghanistan and a place the size of Hackney, a place like a third of the size in, of Auckland, has had 6,000 bombs dropped on it in a week. You know, as of today... Uh, 12,000 tons of explosives have been dropped on Gaza. Out of 2.2 million Palestinians living there, 1.4 million are now displaced. They don't have homes to go back to. 6,500 people have been killed. 2,360 of them are children. A further 16,900 people are injured. Uh, there's no water, gas, or electricity. Hospitals now don't have any way to run. And I think it's very easy to hear statistics like that and for them to just remain statistics you hear them and you think oh my god that's horrible that's unimaginable and the actual real human suffering at the center of it can get lost what palestinians in gaza are going through right now is unimaginable is horrifying and the palestinian people have been suffering for a very long time I don't think anyone would contest the fact that life in Gaza, for Palestinians living in Gaza, is awful, awful, and has been for a very, very long time. And I think, I think that compounds the suffering they're going through right now. It is just trauma on trauma on trauma. And it's active and it's ongoing. And for people that have Palestinian family or friends or, or loved ones who are on the ground, um, or even who aren't on the ground and a Palestinian, the pain of that as something that is happening right now that we are watching happen in real time on our smartphones is just is just so huge that I think most of us don't even know how to fathom it. I think anyone who has logged on to Twitter or Instagram this week and seen the video footage on the ground in Gaza of what the Palestinians are experiencing will not forget those images and videos. And I think that that needs to remain very much at the center of what we're discussing here. It's not just about 
numbers and statistics it's real human lives yeah exactly right it's terrifying and it's horrific and it's hard to look at but it's really important that we don't look away right now there are journalists on the ground risking their lives every single day uh, to show us what is happening in real time and they're doing it in English they're not doing it in their first language they're doing it in English because they know that we're the ones that can make a difference and the really important thing that we need to focus on right now um, is calling for a ceasefire to stop more lives being lost. Every single day that goes by, it becomes so much more urgent because not only are these bombs being dropped, not only are these people being displaced and have nowhere to go, nowhere to sleep, but food is running out. Electricity is completely run out and running out in hospitals so people won't be able to get... It's like people are going to die in ways that aren't from bombs themselves. Um, the water is contaminated and people are now drinking seawater. It's... These, yeah, it's just, these are real people. It's, it's so sad. It's really hard to talk about without, um, without getting really upset. And, um, and, and yeah, also the other thing is like everyone who's sharing this, they're not doing it lightly, you know, like all of your friends who are really engaging in this issue, it's, it's traumatizing. And, and it, people, as well as these journalists and cele- celebrities like Kalani and everyone who's being really on, on, uh, onto it is um, doing it because they want to make a change and I think it's really important that we realize our collective power and as you know we live in a democracy like these people are elected by us and if enough of us make noise they have to make a difference they have to make a change like they can't keep ignoring us and I think that's why every single body at a march you might wonder how to help but it's why every single body every single person at a march helps it adds in numbers numbers scare politicians like every single petition you sign donating really really helps right now um sharing resources and like yeah just uh, the bottom line of calling for a ceasefire and I think um that as well though we need to keep in mind that that's that's the bare minimum and I don't want there to be a ceasefire and for everyone to go back to their normal lives and like (laughs) my god sorry I don't want there to be a ceasefire so that we can all go back to our normal lives and like have, you know, we can just be like, oh, great. Now we don't have to worry about this thing. And now, now the world doesn't feel so heavy and we can just carry on as usual because if there's a ceasefire, but nothing changes um, to the living conditions in Gaza, if nothing changes um, for the Palestinians living in the West Bank and for the Jewish, innocent Jewish people and caught up in the middle of this conflict as well, this is going to carry on and, and, and it's going to carry on quietly and and I think it's really important right now that we've had our eyes open to to what is going on um even though it's so devastating the way it happened and I think we need to really ensure that we don't go back to forgetting about these people um and we don't go back to to uh being complacent and and like letting this immense human suffering like happen but yeah but to to kind of pick the mood back up I guess the one thing that that made me feel really happy on Saturday was um going to the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert 
It was so funny. I was literally dancing in the grove. Feelings and emotions. The dual literally the duality of men. I know. I was like dancing in the grove, being like, God, just like I just I just like need my brain needs this three hours of like absolute numb girliness to just to be able to re-engage. And I yeah, that's also important. People need to like obviously Yeah, I haven't been like I haven't been opening Instagram and engaging in every single thing I see every single time I go on there at mm-hmm. all. I've, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So sorry. Taylor Swift. <laughs> she's, she's incredible. Grace. You loved she it. Is. So we've, I feel like we all saw a large amount of the era's tour through TikTok. This was back when I was still on TikTok and I felt like I saw the entire concert probably over the course of two weeks. What was, and gave me a new perspective, obviously, on Taylor as a performer, newfound respect, et cetera, et cetera. But what was it like to watch it in full? It was great. Yeah, so I think they the concert itself is three hours long and they cut some of it for the movie. But it is literally a concert movie. Like, there's no BTS or anything like that. Um, and she starts... Oh my god, I've literally forgotten what era she starts in. <laughs> but she oh Is it god, chronological? It just no, goes, it's not oh. chronological. She just goes through them in different eras. But I have never thought I liked the Reputation album and there was quite a lot of bangers on there. What are the songs on there? I remember Look What You Made Me Do. I wasn't a huge Yeah, fan I don't that. like that song. Yeah. I think I think all the songs that aren't the singles are really good. If I bring up my Spotify, it's literally like the last album I listened to. Oh my god. It's like playing now. Um but I think it was also just cool because when you're at those concerts, generally, unless you're right right at the front, you can't see the intricacies of like the stage and I mean the stage the stage stuff she was doing was so jarre it was like Dua Lipa's lobster mm. times 10 like at one point she was like a witch with a cape and like running around <laughs> we were like I don't know if that's necessary why do they do that it's just something to do it's like they've got to do something or is there I think so I think it's just like it's such a pop star thing because also you think about how they all wear silver and sparkles and those little sparkly jumpsuits, like every single pop star, whether you're like Beyonce or Taylor yeah. Swift. And it's just to kind of give everyone something to look at. <laughs> Fill the <laughs> like time. Like the queen when she wears color. Did it feel three and a half hours? No, it felt, it felt short. We got Taylor Swift popcorn and Taylor Swift um Pepsi, but then I'd also had two margaritas before going in and then had two Aperol spritzes in there. So I was so lit and everyone was standing out, out of their seats dancing and everyone had friendship bracelets and were handing them out. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate it, but I love it. What was your, what were your favorite tunes or was it more of a favorite eras situation? Um, I don't, I can't even remember. I can't even remember but she has so many bangers I was like I can't believe I know like every single song I love her out I love her latest album Midnight's so I liked hearing that I also loved Folklore and I was an I was a 1989 girly when that came out Mm -hmm. wasn't a Taylor Swift girly but was a 1989 girly so was pleasantly surprised by Folklore I think Evermore sucks and Lover I don't like (laughs) but yeah it was it's really fun it's so funny how I mean she was I think we talked about this last week. Set to make like 150 million off opening weekend, 
And did you know Beyonce went to the premiere? Yeah, I did see that. It was very sweet. It was very nice. I think it's because Beyonce released that she was going to do one afterwards. So she needed to go to show that she wasn't copying Taylor Swift. Yeah. There's always a strategy. Someone said like these two are single-handedly like recession-proofing the the US economy. It's true. The amount that those two have single-handedly generated in the last year is astounding. I know. It's absolutely crazy. And she's still performing like next year. She comes to London in like August. That's so many concerts. How is your little voice okay? She must have so many things she behind the scenes does to look after herself. I mean, she doesn't look like it. She just goes to like the, what was it? The MTV VMAs midway through her tour and is getting like lit and screaming and dancing. And now she's just like at Travis, whatever his name is, games, screaming in the stands. But I know. Yeah, you would think so. There must like be get some bed rest. Yeah, exactly. Because if she can't suddenly gets like a bad cold, a bad head cold, that's millions of dollars on the line. If she can't show also, up. Also, can you believe having those plans every single night? Like, I can't even have plans my with my friends fear. for dinner. Imagine if you had plans for 70,000 people in an auditorium, the pressure it would feel to cancel. Yeah, it's, it's literally crazy. Props to Taylor. I had a very different cinematic experience to you, I think, on the same night. Equally as long, although it felt its running time, which was the new Martin Scorsese movie. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon with Leo. Just, mm-hmm. It just confirmed... I just, I don't really rate Leo. Like, I know we talk about him being like Jardin, like gross with his, his bachelor behavior. (laughs) I know he's like a good actor, but I just don't. I feel like he does the same, he rests, he does the same thing a lot. Like he rests on a few tropes and everyone thinks it's like really serious acting stuff. He's good, but I was just reminded that I just don't, I don't like love watching him on screen. Yeah, I agree. But I also think he's lost some of his charm as he's gotten older. Like yes. now that he's not as hot, you're just kind of like... You're just a man. It just lands less. Whereas Brad Pitt's still got the hot thing. So you're just like, fine, you can be on screen yep. doing your bad acting. <laughs> you can be on screen. <laughs> fine. <laughs> so this is like talking about what we were talking before. I won't go too far into it in case we all just get depressed again. But it's... Set in America in the 20s in Osage, which is a, like a county in Oklahoma, I think. Um, and the Osage are a, a Native American tribe. And they basically um, kind of were one of the few like Native American groups to monetize off the oil boom. So by the 1920s, they were the richest people in the world per capita, like per square thing. And they were like dripping with diamonds and had these huge houses and like still dressed in like traditional clothes, but would mix it with really expensive cars. And really, it's kind of a fascinating little moment of time. It's kind of one of the worst things I've ever seen just for like, you know how sometimes you need like individual stories to grasp just how fucked up the like, overall thing of like colonization and what america like what fucking um you know white americans did in america just seeing this one individual story through which to understand that whole story it just it makes you just want to throw shit against walls and like cry and scream but basically they they were just they were just killing people in the community for years and 
playing them off as suicides or illnesses or accidents. And um, it took like people in the community basically begging the FBI to come and check it out for anything to change. Yeah, and, and some like cool journalist went there, right, and investigated it and he wrote the book Killers of the Flower Moon. And he like uncovered that all of these deaths had happened. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I yeah. didn't know I, that about the writer. I only yeah. know that because um, I only know that because in the line for Kim Gordon's wardrobe sale, a girl was reading Killers of the Flower Moon, the book, and she told me all about it. And she she was yeah, it was like this journalist that went and uncovered all of the crimes that they'd been hiding, like how many hundreds of people they killed. Oh my or god, was it thousands? I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's hundreds. Is it was quite a small community, yeah. but it was like per like proportionally just fucked like so many yeah um and just how martin scorsese did it he put like just such an incredible amount of care and time um into the way he made the movie he worked like so closely with like members of the osage tribe he used all of the language the language is used throughout the whole thing and a lot of the time it's used without even subtitles so you don't actually know what they're saying Um, The way he shot it is just so beautiful. That's kind of the best thing about the whole thing is just seeing uh, the way that, like the nuances of their culture, I just think is is so beautifully done. And like Lily Gladstone, who's the um, actress in it, is just fucking amazing. She just steals the show times a million. She's just incredible. And I read her... That fucking genre British Vogue cover they did with her and Leo where it's giving oh my God, yes. the Meghan Harry time cover. <laughs> Just why is he where there? Where they're sitting for like posing for school photos. The dark shadow and he's like over her it's shoulder. So Just give her her own cover. It's so weird that he's mm. in it at all. But I was reading that profile and she was had basically been trying to act for like, I think she's in a late 30s now, had been trying to act for nearly 20 years, got a few small parts on a few things and was, I think she's originally Canadian, was back in Canada during COVID and was like, I'm just going to become a full-time social worker. Like I've just had enough of this shit and had was all the stuff was in place for her to just um, start her studies or whatever. And um, she got a call from Martin Scorsese and she did the audition over Zoom. And he said the second she like, lit up on zoom he knew she was the one but it's like a very cool story as well and she's gonna be massive so it's worth watching for her it's it is quite long yeah (laughs) yeah she's like there's that like pocahontas white man love story isn't it with her and leo no no you fucking wish it's like the most horrible like he just plays this fucking oh my god yeah okay yeah it's kind of they've done a good job of setting it up so you think it's one thing and it's another another thing yeah I do really want to see it yeah it's 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 heavy and it's it I had no problem with something being long but it it feel I I feel like it could have had a little trim (laughs) here and there (laughs) Jesse Clemens is in it Priya Zempic Jesse Clemens is in it oh my god looking like his full thick self He looks beautiful. <laughs> this is Kirsten Dunst's husband who's miraculously dropped down to like a US size zero. <laughs> Sample size bay. Sample size. <laughs> to fit into a Prada men's suit. Also, have you seen um, Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal's movie is coming out? I think there's like a bunch of good movies that are about to come out. That's very exciting. Um, 
It's too sexy Irish people. I know, too sexy Irish people. What's it called? Faux. Is it a bit of a horny romp? Am I remembering? It's, I think it's like a, it's like a sci-fi. So I think they live in the countryside and they're married and in love. And then an uninvited stranger shows up at their door. <laughs> it's got 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Who the fuck has done this? That is not very good. Oh my God. Very intense performances and a moody, bleak, but beautiful atmosphere throughout. Can, can We need more Taylor Swift up in here. I was just going to say the London Film Festival was on and I, I said yes to a bunch of things and then somehow managed to miss all of them. But of those, what I've been told, big movies to watch out for, Priscilla, obvi. I don't know how good yes. it actually is, but we all just want to see. Yeah. Um, May, December is, uh, what's his name? Todd Haynes. And it's Julianne Moore playing a, like, school teacher who's being caught having um, sex with her student. And the student's played by one of the hot guys from (laughs) Riverdale. Oh, yeah, Natalie Portman's in it as well. Um, But apparently it's, like, very kind of funny. The hot guy from Riverdale, what's his name? Charles Melton or something? Yes. Apparently he's literally amazing in it. Wow. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, and then doesn't Natalie Portman come to like – someone comes as a jur- journalist to – one of those two comes as the journalist to like talk about the – because she was a teacher and she obviously got like fired because this huge big scandal happened and then they stayed together and then this journalist comes years later to talk to them about it all but then it like reframes what happened in Charles Melton's mind, which is – I feel like would be so crazy. Yes, and it's a tr- it's based on a true story, I think. There was a really famous story like that, and she had – they stayed together and, yeah, had, like, fucking four kids or something, and then he realized at some point and left. It's That so dynamic wild. of it, the teacher being the female is, is, is really interesting, very, like, untapped in our culture. We don't know what to do with predatory women. I know. Naughty girls. Naughty girls. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
I watched it, um, <laughs> the first Todd Haynes movie that Julianne Moore was ever in. Cause she's been in like a bunch of them and it's called safe. And it's about this woman, this like housewife who basically starts getting sick and she thinks she's like allergic to the air and the chemicals around her and gets into like this cult and it's Julianne Moore and she's so incredible in it. Um, but it was really funny because I feel like that's how I sound at the moment because I feel like the air in LA compared to London slash anywhere is so bad. And all I keep talking about is the air quality and my lack of sleep and how I can't run in LA versus running in London. And I'm just like, air, air, air. And I was like, I literally sound like Julianne Moore. Yeah. She stops eating all this stuff, like goes on like an only fruit diet and then like <laughs> all the pesticides. Yours is fair because the air in LA is fucked. And the fact that it feels bad compared to Lon- like London's the good version is is truly concerning. No, do you know what's crazy? I did my own my own survey, my own study by accident. Because when I run here, when I run around the streets, I have to run quite slow for like my normal pace. Because you know what you're, you obviously know what you're running, how mm. fast you run a kilometer. You know that because like you have a watch or whatever. And I was running here and I was like, wow, my pace has slowed down so much. Like by like 30 seconds per kilometer, which is like quite a big difference Mm -hmm. and I was like maybe I'm just really unfit now like I don't really get it like I feel like I've still been working out but maybe I'm just I don't know unfit and I would run 5k and be like puffed and then I got back to London and said to Omar I was like oh I'm not going to be able to run like as fast as we usually can because I just can't run fast anymore I don't know what's happened and then in London I was completely fine like could just run my normal pace and it's because the air is so bad here that like sucking it into your lungs while you run is so hard that you have to you can't run I can't run my normal pace that I know how to run it's so weird that is really terrifying I know running around Hyde Park versus here yeah there's some fucking Michael Moore thing I watched a few years ago where he he had like footage of the of this smog over LA like that air pollution smog and I was like Jesus Christ not good what is why LA specifically? It's not like there's a bunch of factories there. Do I sound stupid? What what? No, I mean I I also don't get it because LA is right by the beach. Yeah. So it's like if I drive open. to Venice, yeah, yeah, it's wide open. It's not it's not um, on top of each other like in New York. But if I drive to Venice, I can run better. But it's I think it's just the fact that there's literally no public transport at all. So mm. all, it's every single person to get anywhere is taking a car, Cars. which is so wild and you sit in traffic right so it's just like that fume of just cars fucking sitting and running without moving for like hours at a time Mm. yesterday i walked 1500 steps and that's just how much you walk in la unless you're like (laughs) taking yourself out for a huge walk in like gross concrete jungle (laughs) uh Um, but yeah, it, were there any other movies that sounded good? And then Poor Things, which is the the guy who directed The Favourite and um, The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer. And it's one with Emma Stone. And she's got, she's in that amazing costume. And it's apparently really horny. And Mark Ruffalo's in it, which you can't have it all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's meant to be amazing. Okay, fab. I'm and then excited. Saltburn is coming out. I saw Saltburn has come out. It's um that new one with Jacob Elordi and it's Emerald Fennell's second yes, film. Yes, that's right with that Barry Keogh guy. 
Yes, Barry Keogh and Rosamund Pike. And I saw that I, I was seeing that people in Australia were writing, a, writing shit about like seeing it and it doesn't come out here till November 17. I was like, what the, what the hell? Everything's backwards. Australia's doing yeah. it early. Um, oh my God, that's, that's such a slate of things to be excited about. I know. So many good movies. Speaking of good shows. I was going to say good movies, great documentary. <laughs> the Wagatha Christie documentary has just come out in, in the UK. I don't think it's come out in Australia yet, but get on a VPN and get your hands on it because it's, it's A, pointless. Like it does, mm-hmm. All it does is just retread a story we all know well. Um, it gives us a very small amount of insight because Colleen Rooney and Wayne are in it. But just recapping that delicious tale was very, very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone knows what we're talking about. But Colleen Rooney um, is the wag, the, the wife of Wayne Rooney, who's like a massive famous footballer in the UK. And they've been together forever since they were teenagers, kind of similar to Posh and Bex. And he, he played on the same team as well. So at one point they were wags together, Posh and Colleen. But Posh I is like, like, I'm not a wag, on. I'm a yeah. Spice Girl. <laughs> their vibes are so, like, I feel like their vibes would just not match. Yeah. And then uh, she found out that someone was, she realized someone was leaking her private Instagram stories. I couldn't get over how much, I, I understand that this whole thing happened on Instagram, but I can't get over how much we were in her private Instagram during this documentary. <laughs> so she had this private Instagram was uploading photos of her and the kids and Wayne and like just saying really kind of stupid, pointless things that she wouldn't post on her main Insta. And then stuff was getting leaked to the sun. And she realized it was Rebecca Vardy's account, dot, 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 Rebecca Vardy's account, who is another wag. And Rebecca Vardy's husband plays in the same team as (laughs) Colleen Rooney's husband. So it was like this crazy drama when she released it on Twitter. And then Colleen sued. Rebecca sued sued Colleen for defamation, (laughs) even though she had done it. And then it all went through the courts and then Colleen won because, and that was the case where we were talking about how um, Rebecca Vardy's manager said she couldn't, she couldn't bring the texts up on her phone because she'd lost her phone at sea. Her phone like a had week fallen prior. into the Irish sea. And then like the la- the laptop with all the other messages had been like, um, they said it had broken and then the, oh, I can't remember, they threw it in the bin or something and it just couldn't be found. So much evidence like got lost and went missing. It was so funny. How did we get these texts then? We still got the texts. We still got the texts. So Colleen, this, let's do some like in Re- Rebecca Vardy's defense-ing for a minute, which is that Colleen, Wayne Rooney is like one of the most famous football players in English history. He's very, very, very wealthy. Like you saw some insight. Their into house is fucking Their crazy. house is crazy. They're like stupidly rich. I love that they still live just outside of Liverpool as well. Like they're they're stupidly rich. Jamie Vardy is just not on that level, and therefore Rebecca Vardy is just not on that level. So when Rebecca Vardy sued Colleen, everyone kind of thought Rebecca would win because basically to prove defamation, you have to prove that your character and reputation has been damaged by something someone said, which obviously with Rebecca Vardy it had, and she. 
Colleen basically had to prove that it was 100% Rebecca. So even if she had screenshots that the only person who'd seen the stories was Rebecca Vardy's Instagram account, that still wasn't proof that Rebecca Vardy leaked stuff to the sun. Like there's 10 steps in between that that you had to prove that's really, really hard to prove. So people kind of thought it was like Rebecca's case to lose. But Colleen hired David Sherborne, who's like the most famous English celebrity lawyer there is he's done he did uh prince harry and megan's trial against the telegraph he did uh johnny depp um against the sun he was on the sun's uh, the Mm -hmm. whatever it was all these big cases he's been involved in and he always wins and basically him and his team i think what happened i can't remember in the documentary but i think what happened was they asked for some texts to be sent over. And Rebecca Vardy's team were obviously just so subpar in terms of what she could afford to pay. And I think they accidentally sent over the whole transcript, <laughs> I think. Oh, my God. So there's these texts. That's It's, it's, it's just so funny. It's really, really funny. The te- We've got all the, te- the texts in our these texts, And you're like, you've taken this woman to court and now – like your da- reputation was already bad, and now all these text messages are coming out in the public domain because I know. You do you know what else? Is, yeah. Do you know what else is like obvious in it? Is like Rebecca Vardy's obviously a bit jealous of Colleen, mm. but what I love about Colleen is she does just seem like a really, really normal, low key British girly. Like she just wants to hang out with her schoolmates and get lit on rosé. and just be super normal with her family. Like she's just not even posh or, or sew up her own ass as Rebecca texts her manager, like at all, all of the shit we were seeing on her private Instagram was the most wholesome content in the world. Doesn't seem to really care about designer stuff. Just like has all her money, wants to hang out at home with her kids and her parents. That's the, I think that's why people have gravitated to this so much because it's just this, and it is it is kind of gross. It's like that cat fight thing that, that people love that's a bit misogynistic. But it is it is that classic tale of someone who's like jealous of someone else and simultaneously wants to be their friend but also hates them and is like projecting all of this shit onto – you know, Colleen's just like, I don't really care about her. She's not mean to her. She's not thing. She just doesn't want to be her mate. And it's obviously tortured Rebecca Vardy. Yeah. <laughs> and like driven her to – leaking leaking shit and enjoying leaking it and then also just being horrible about her to her agent and the whole time Colleen Rooney's just completely unfussed like yeah she's just unfussed unfazed <laughs> she doesn't care she doesn't know who she is she's like even when she's talking about it she just said all the people in that account were like friends of mine the only person I didn't really know was Rebecca and I thought she was like a bit jarred so I thought it was probably her like she's just so chill <laughs> She's so chill. She's like the chillest woman in the world. I love her. I know. The other funny parts about it were, um, oh, I had something that popped into my brain and then it went, but like the other funny part is Wayne Rooney, obviously. So they like talk about their marriage a bit because this has to do with when, oh yeah. Also Rebecca was like leaking the stories to the sun so that she would get good coverage in the sun. So it wasn't even like necessarily about getting paid for the leaks. She was more just getting like, it was also so it was so obvious because she'd get this glowing profile, like exclusive with the sun, and then it would just be like, "And Colleen Rooney's marriage is over." We have screenshots, <laughs> um, and then 
they had to talk about Wayne Rooney and Colleen Rooney's marriage a bit because what, when the leaks started, it was when Wayne and I want I want to look more into this. Like maybe he just has a history of publicly cheating. She kind of yeah, alluded he's to cheated that, but on I f- her a bunch like publicly. Right. There's been heaps of scandals about it being caught with girls, and he's admitted right. he has cheated on her like quite a few times. <laughs> he's a no- he's he's naughty and slow. He's naughty and he has three brain cells. But you know that thing of literally David Beckham was doing the same thing the whole way through his documentary. was just like, I love Victoria. I love Victoria. I want to be with her forever and I love her so much. And Wayne was doing the same thing. And then he had to talk about when he was out at a pub one night and then got pulled over drink driving another girl's Volkswagen Beetle. And she was in the passenger seat, this redhead. And then because he got pulled over by the police like obviously driving back to this girl's house he went to the cells for the night and it was like all over the news and then he was just like saying in the documentary and then this girl goes and talks on the tv because she's getting publicly vilified and shamed and she was just like nothing happened like and then he's like crazy it's its own weird little world the english media so nuts yeah and then he was like i don't even remember talking to her He's silly. Later on, he was like, I, I thought after this case that I could should consider going becoming a lawyer. I was like, Wayne, please. Oh, my God. I know. That was really, really funny. <laughs> Colleen was like, yeah, Wayne got really into this court case and like talking to the lawyers and, you know, finding out information from my Instagram stories. Now he wants to be a lawyer. I actually wonder, like with with David Beckham and now watching Wayne Rooney back to back. They're obviously not dumb. Like, I know using the word dumb is not very nice, but, like, they can't be as slow as they seem because they're very – on top of being very successful football players, they're, like, very – they've created smart businesses, especially David Beckham. There's something about, like, the way they communicate, I think, that makes them seem slower than they are. They're very, like, I feel this way. I felt sad. Like you said, I love Victoria. I was sorry. I was angry. I was relaxed. Like it's that vibe. Maybe they're trained to talk that way or something. I on I feel like you're giving them too much credit. <laughs> I feel like they have a good team around them. I feel like they've they're so rich that they just hired good people and they just take care of the money. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Okay, let's go into the text messages quickly. <laughs> so these are the texts Rebecca Vardy sent to her agent. Caroline Watts, whose name I will always now know because they just, she has one of those full name names. Yes. Caroline Watts. She said, I don't, I don't know, do we say the C word on here? Uh, but she said, yeah. what a, she said, what a cunt, X. <laughs> That's the best one. And then she's a nasty bitch, X. She's <laughs> trash, X. And then this one would love to leak those stories, X. <laughs> And also, like, it's so obvious because Colleen Rooney felt like it was Rebecca Vardy. So just, and then instead of doing anything or talking to her about her or talking to her about it or anything, she just removed her as a follower. This is like back when Instagram was a bit less, like, I don't know, she kind of just thought she wouldn't realize. So she just removed her as a follower. And then Rebecca goes, Rebecca texts her and was like, is everything okay, hun? Just realized that you don't follow me on Instagram and I don't follow you. And then Colleen was like, oh, whoops, my bad. Like, I don't know how that happened. The kids always have my phone. And then followed her back, led her back into the private. And then the story started getting leaked again. This is like the biggest, the one, the one criticism you could level, you could have leveled at Colleen during the original Wagatha Christie 
was from the way she framed it, it seemed like a few of these stories were coming out, like were, co- were coming out in the press out of many things she was sharing. Like that was the vibe. So I, I did remember feeling a little bit like this is juicy. This is salacious. This is great. I love it. But you could have just messaged her and been like, dude, I've seen you're doing this. We're not friends anymore. Like it's such a big showy thing to do, which you know is going to like destroy this person's life. But just from her perspective, how brazen and like ongoing and insane it was from from Rebecca Vardy's end is nuts. Like she did it. She got kicked off the Instagram account instead of realizing (laughs) then and trying to not do it. Every single thing she posted after that went to the sun. Like basically every single thing. Um, she just had no, wasn't she worried at all about being caught? Like we need it from her side. (laughs) I know. And there was only 300 people in Colleen Rooney's private Instagram. And she said she went through her list like so many, so many times. and was just like, it can't be anyone except for this random wag that asked to follow me after (laughs) meeting her once. She goes, it was sneaky. What did you say? Did you say it was cheeky? It was sneaky or it was sneaky? She said it was sneaky. It was sneaky. It was cheeky. (laughs) She was just like, it was sneaky. It was cheeky. (laughs) (laughs) I loved seeing their love story and how they'd been together since they were 16. It was really cute. It was very sweet. Yeah. Um, It's so hard to imagine. I think because I'm still not a sports person it's still quite hard for me to understand. I get David Beckham and Victoria Beckham. I'm like, David Beckham was really hot. Victoria Beckham's the Spice, Spice Girl. Girl. With this case, Wayne Rooney's just like a bloke. And I get the, I just, this is where I don't understand sports and sport culture because I'm like, I understand he became a good footballer and he was only 17 years old. But for then the whole press to descend on the high school that his 16-year-old girlfriend goes to and take photos of her just walking around the suburbs. I'm like, why? What was Mm. the appetite for that? It's so bizarre, but it just was. It's kind of creepy. It is kind of creepy. It's so so creepy. They're they're like, oh, this hot new young footballer, um, does he have a girlfriend? And then all the paparazzi were trying to like fight to get the first photos of her and she's just walking home from school. Yeah, in her school, like, shirt. It's so – I guess that's the good thing about Instagram now is it has allowed – nowadays if a footballer came out and people would be like, who's his girlfriend? You'd just look on Instagram, find the tag, and you'd get the stuff from there. They're just – no one would bother going to hunt someone down because a bazillion pictures of the girl already exist. That's so interesting. Yeah, you know, like, it's killed off that curiosity. I guess, like, now when I think about it, I'm like, if people would literally be like, what does she look like <laughs> in a weird way? Mm. Um, but yeah, they're, they are very cute. I think what's, what's great about this documentary is that it is all a bit silly and it's not very high stakes. And Colleen does such a good job of like, even her being like, it was sneaky. It was cheeky. Like that's just it. It was sneaky and it was cheeky. <laughs> there was no more to it. Like she doesn't sit and like cry. Like she does talk a little bit about how bad the legal case was and how stressful it was. But like she, she's not overly dramatic. She's not buying into some super hardcore victim narrative. She's just being like, yeah, this happened. It was annoying. I called it out and now it's fine. <laughs> are they, is, are those men still on the same football team? <laughs> No, they're both fully retired, I think. 
Oh, nice. But the amount of money, for Rebecca Vardy, I just can't stop thinking about like, you do this, you become friends with Colleen, you start leaking stuff to the press, you do it just way too much, way too often, so she notices. <laughs> she removes you from Instagram, and instead of being like, okay, once I'm back in, I'll just behave myself, you just keep doing it immediately, so obviously. You get called out on a massive level. Instead of just being like, yep, yep, shouldn't have done that. This is embarrassing. You sue. <laughs> you try to destroy the evidence. I wonder if her husband knew or if she had to be like, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's been going on. He definitely wouldn't have known, He wouldn't surely. have known, nah. And she was doing it with his about his teammates as well. She was leaking stuff to the son about he'd be like come home and complain that someone missed practice and she would like leak it to the son. She's a naughty girl. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's a naughty girl. And she had sex with Peter Andre and said he had a tiny penis to the son as well. She's naughty. <laughs> they used that in the court case, talking yeah. about how she, like, doesn't care about keeping things private and personal. <laughs> yeah, that's so icky. I really don't like that vibe of a person. No, it's a horrible. And then, so for her trajectory, so it's like that goes through a court case where she's completely outed as being a hundred times worse than we all thought she was. And then has to has to pay not only her lawyer's fees, but Colleen Rooney's lawyer's fees, which is the most expensive lawyer in Britain, is three million pounds. So she's bankrupted herself and her family. Like just this string of events is just It's so crazy. It's all so preventable. Is she still I can't believe she's still with Jamie Vardy. He was this shows the level of how dumb those men are. Literally. He's just like, you're innocent. I believe you. Wow. I think she went on I'm a Celebrity. What's Okay, wait. Let's, let's be PR people. What do you do if you're Rebecca Vardy? Obviously, you don't take it to court. You, you just go to the ground. You say, yep. Yep, leaked a couple of stories to the sun. Sorry. And then you make a joke about it a few years later to rehabilitate your career. I think you can come back from being called a leaker and it can all be a bit fun and fun and gamesy. But now the texts have come yeah. out, I think it's harder for her to come back. I think, um, I don't know, because part, part of me wants to say like that you would be a bit more honest and just say you know here's the truth of it I felt really insecure I saw this woman doing all these amazing things and I wanted the public to like me as much as they liked her so I wanted to use these stories as a way to get nice coverage about myself in the press and it's really stressful being a wag yeah yeah but a bit later like at the time just be like yep hands up and then later do like a how to fail with Elizabeth Day Yes. (laughs) About it. And then, yeah, she could have come back. We should have been her PR people. I would have said, She could have been on the cover of, like, Stylist or something. Yeah. Written a book about jealousy. That is the angle. Oh, my God. I reformed, reformed Instagram addict, addicted to comparing myself to other people, never felt like enough, blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. Tearing other women down. Yeah, tearing other women down. And then her and Colleen could have had like a sit down podcast that got a bazillion views. Yeah, she really fucked up. She fucked up every step of the way. 
appalling. I can't believe that they're still together. I know she's still posting on Instagram. She's still got a good 403k. She's got heaps. Like Colleen only has 1.1 million or something. It's not that much difference. She's she's coming. She's coming for her. <laughs> she's got one of those Jardin accounts that has like blogs, travel, RV style, charity, beauty pics, family life on her Instagram highlights. With little um, who designed those? With little pictures for each one. Oh, Jade, Jade. Oh, I watched it at Tat's house and she, she had never heard of it and had no idea what was going on. And I was like, just press play. And then she fell asleep. <laughs> I was, was going like, to say, oh. people don't know. I saw someone last week who had never heard of it. I was like, how is it possible? I know. I, it's, it's, it's impossible in the UK, surely. Yeah. 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 If you were, if you were in the UK at the time. Um, I remember where I was when it happened. So do I. I. What street I was on. <laughs> I was at work. At my desk. Um, so, yeah. Thank you to Colleen for participating in this documentary. I mean, now she's probably made money off of it. So it's all swings and roundabouts. Yeah, she comes out just looking very chill and cool. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get the sense she's like basking in it or like it's all just she played it all perfectly. And she did it by being herself. Yeah, that's the lesson. lesson. Same with Posh and BX. Yeah, exactly. Really interesting that those two have come out back to back. I know. Britney's memoir. Audible sent me a pre-order Britney's memoir on Audible. I'm going to use one of my credits for the Michelle Williams reading of it. And then, yeah, and then went to watch Crossroads and that's that's that. Yeah, we'd quite like to watch Crossroads. Maybe we can do a AWD watch. AWD watches Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, all right, girls. Okay, bye, girlies. Love you lots. Love bye. You. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.